Okay, there we go. Hey, how's it going? Hope everyone's doing well. So we're just trying to figure out some other things to do and change things up a little bit. So we want to experiment with doing single episode recaps of shows and talking about like, you know, single episodes of different shows, but also have like a different variety compared to what we usually have. But uh, I'm not sure how much this show's watched because a lot of shows are like busy on Twitter or like in places like New York Magazine or Entertainment Weekly, you know, but then you look at the ratings and they don't get a ton of ratings. And some shows don't get all that buzz, like Yellowstone, and they get like 14 million people. So White Lotus is one of those shows that gets a lot of media buzz in like, you know, metropolitan progressive circles, but I'm not sure exactly how watched it is, but, um, it's a show that I actually like, and I wanted to talk about a show that actually like, instead of always, um, talking about terrible stuff. So, I mean, we can talk about that, but also open to talk about 
anything else, including the last season of White Lotus, if you've seen that, and, you know, you didn't see this episode. But, um, yeah, so this is just kind of an experiment to see if people want to talk about this show, just what people want to talk about in general. So I'm kind of treating it like a mix of talking about this show, but also like an open mic where people can talk about things in media. It doesn't also have to just be TV shows. It could be social media, um, movies, print media that you want us to talk about more in the future. But um, one thing about doing something episode by episode instead of doing a whole season at once is, you know, usually I have a whole laundry list of complaints and praises about something. And this one was all set up. Like, not much happened in this episode. Like, there's a lot of foreshadowing. There's people who are going to die, it seems. But you don't know who. It's one of those things where... It starts at the end, so you see all the effed up stuff that's going to happen, but you don't know exactly who it's going to happen to and how it's gonna, how we're going to get there. It starts in the present day and then jumps back. So there are people that die. There's prostitutes. There's um, divorce, infidelity, class issues, race issues. Um, the guy who did this show, Mike White, is a pretty good writer and director. I've been a fan of his for a while. I think the first thing I've tried of his was a movie called Chuck and Buck in the 90s, a very underrated movie. And then he did Enlighten on HBO, which was a very good series, but uh, I think it was also underappreciated. And I know he's in other stuff like School of Rock, which I haven't seen, but people really like. I didn't watch that one because um, Jack Black's in it, and I have trouble like watching movies that Jack Black is in, so I, was, I skipped that one, but White Lotus I thought was pretty good, I don't know if people have seen the first season of it, but one thing I liked about it was that, even though it's clearly written from the perspective of a white guy, I thought he kind of handled race in a way that I thought was good, because it wasn't an over-the-top woke, like, hey, I read tweets, and I read, um, ta Coates type of atmosphere that, like, Damon Lindelof did Watchmen with, you know, where he's like, hey, I want everyone to know I'm a good white guy. I'm a, I'm a good white ally. You know, please, uh, I want everyone to know that I've done the reading. I, I, I want everyone to know I understood the assignment. Like, he doesn't write um, race like that, but he also doesn't write it, like, um, very tone deaf either, you know, where he's trying to be overly provocative or do ironic racism. Like, I feel like it's very hard these days for white people to to write, to write, uh, to write race, because they tend to either be over-the-top uh, performative ally in their stuff, and it ends up being very patronizing, or they end up doing it where it's like, I want to show that I'm not that guy, and I'm going to overcompensate by really leaning into the um, ironic racism or, you know, I'm not afraid to go there. And, and both of them are kind of whack to me. And I feel like um, Mike White tries to be, he tries to be kind of confrontational a little bit about race. He, like he doesn't just go beyond his, um, 
beyond what he's qualified to do. Like, like he didn't try to be at the guy from Crash. That, that, that guy that Crash had no qualifications to be talking about race the way he was. He just fucked it up left and right. He, uh, you know, just stepped on his own dick. He, he, he had no idea what he was doing and uh, ended up aging uh, really badly. And, like, you know, Mike White doesn't do that. He, he'll try to be comp- competitional about race, but he'll do it within the confines of, like, a bourgeois, um, you know, privileged setting, you know? And this thing is interesting because it has a couple in it. This season has no black people. It's in Italy, but they have a white passing uh, ethnic couple that's vacationing with their ultra-rich, privileged um, wasp couple friends. And it has them talking about kind of what it's like to be like uh, whitish, but compared to like, you know, white, white people, you know, not quite being um, fully white. And it's, uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, to me, I'm just looking at them all day and they're um, basically white to me. But when you start talking amongst themselves about how they're like white passing non-whites, you start looking at them and you start realizing, okay, actually this guy is actually, I see it now. He looks like he's half Asian and Aubrey Plaza is actually um, Latina. And I think it's the kind of thing they don't really, this kind of thing they don't really do in a lot of TV shows because it's a little, I think, too too nuanced. Everything is kind of hit you over the head with the hammer. Yeah, the guy who wrote and directed Crash is currently on trial for assaulting a woman. It's a crazy trial, too. I mean, this is going to sound bad, but I only found out that he's on trial for rape uh, a couple weeks ago, and I really believe, based on Crash, you can see like the seeds of um, that he do a fucked up thing like that because that's crashes really from the minds of a really fucked up person to me. And I saw this the other day and I totally didn't remember it. Um, do you guys know there was a Crash TV series? Like they made a TV series and it was two seasons. They made Crash the TV series. It was two seasons um, based on the movie. I do not remember this thing at all. I can only imagine how horrible uh, it was, though. Like, just the same premise, a bunch of different peoples of different races, lives intersecting. But, um, yeah, I can only imagine um, how bad how bad that was. So, anyway, this um, episode was... Add Chris Multisanti from The Sopranos. I forgot. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his real name. I usually know it. It's driving me crazy. I should Google it, but I'm not going to. But yeah, he, um, the one who plays Chris in Sopranos, what is his name? Can anyone type in the chat? Or am I going to have to? Oh, let me just find it. Michael Imperioli, yeah. And he does good work. Laura Dern is here as a voice on the phone, and she's incredible. She did really good work as a voice on the phone. Uh, and there's already a lot of sex in it. Jennifer Coolidge is in it, and 
it's clearly going to have a lot to do with infidelity this season and um, and class. Class was in it last season too, but not so much the sex and and infidelity. The only problem that you know I didn't kind of foresee with doing this is that there is a lot of setup. It's all it's all set up. So there's not like a ton to talk about, but I'm kind of curious if anybody did see it or plans to see it. Like they didn't see it before, but you know, for the purposes of, you know, joining into this, if they plan to see it in the coming weeks, from what I understand is nine, it's nine episodes and I'm just going to do it every Monday regardless. But uh, in the meantime, I'm just going to share some of the thoughts when it first started the cast was less diverse than the last time and at first that was kind of um turning me off but as it went on i actually kind of liked it because a lot of people like are very kind of um make it or break it with diversity but i feel like i don't mind white people writing about white people because at least I know they're not going to fuck anything up as far as um, the black portrayals. And I'm the kind of person I'd rather watch an all-white cast that gets everything right, you know, than someone trying to, um, you know, write about black people and race and just kind of messing it up. Even though um, the little that white tackled race in the first White Lotus, you know, was okay, I didn't want him to push his luck either. And I feel like privileged white people is his forte. That's what he's good at. So, you know, I don't need to see minorities in it for the sake of minorities. I mean, the two minorities that are there are basically two white passing people in a sea of, in a sea of wasps. And also, I guess, um, there's a Sicilian family, a Sicilian American family, um, and there's a there's a couple each season he always has like a white kind of Chad bro type and um that's here in the form of this actor Theo James. I've never seen him act in anything, but I've heard of him before. He's in those divergent movies which look horrible, like those kind of knockoff Hunger Games movies that I have had no desire to ever see. But apparently there's like Six or seven of them. I had no idea those movies did so well. There's a shit ton of those movies. Uh, I just found out because I was looking up where where he was from because he looked familiar to me. F. Murray Abraham is in this, and to me, it's a pretty big get. Like, I'm kind of surprised they got him. I didn't. I didn't even know he was still actively um, acting like that. But F. Murray Abraham's like the Oscar-winning actor. I think is. Biggest movie was uh, Amadeus. I could be wrong. Um, pretty good movie if you've never seen it. I mean, it's full of shit as far as lying. Like it, it's it's one of those biopics that just makes everything up for no good reason. But it's still a damn good movie. But um, yeah. So in addition to this, I'm just kind of curious to hear what kind of things um you would like to hear us talk about on the show that are not big IP that are not things like Lord of the Rings that are not things like um, the Marvel movies because my brain can only take so many of those. Like I want to do more episodes per week but my brain can only take so many of um, these kind of brain dead things. Like I want to 
kind of sprinkle it up more with stuff like this, but I also want to make sure that I'm picking things that people are interested in. Hey, bro, what's going on? How you feeling? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Uh, speaking of things I would like to see you possibly uh, do on the show, just as far as movies, um, have you ever done uh, Bamboozled by Spike Lee? I love that movie so goddamn much. You know, a lot of people have asked about that movie either on this or on um, the podcast, the main podcast, and I think I'm going to have to do it. I haven't seen it in a long time. Do it. But do it. Yeah, I'm interested in revisiting it now. I, the first, I only saw it once, and it was on a horrible date. And uh, I, the only thing I remember about the movie, really, I remember liking it, but I remember being really sucked out of it because Damon Wayne's acting was really weird in it. Like he, he oh, no, no, di- no, 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 no. I got Damon Wayne's a whole shtick in that movie. Damon Wayne's, to understand what Damon Wayne's was going for, you have to, it's hard to explain. I know, like, you and him are from, like, the same part of the country, like the Pacific Northeast. He was going for the type of, like, snooty black male striver that you only really see in, like, the Midwest. You see what I'm trying to say? That's yeah, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. I get what he was going for. Um, the, 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 the struggle I had with it, but that I think it wouldn't bother me so much now because, you know. I'm Paul more, Moody was amazing. Oh yeah, Paul Mooney was Paul Mooney was amazing. No, no, I, I mean the, I mean the, I mean, I mean the tone that he was doing. Like Damon Wayans, it felt like he was being broad, like sketch comedy. Whereas everyone was trying to seem like real people. Like, have you ever seen In Living Color when he used to do the? Oh, I know exactly where you're going. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, yep. He he felt like the brothers brothers character like like he was so clearly a caricature which is which is okay like in a movie like Airplane where everybody's playing on the caricature level it works but it felt no, like no 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 you're not the only person who made this observation um I believe it was my younger brother who made this observation who's who's like 13 years younger than me so that should give you an idea of what kind of media we all grew up watching now. He said, and I quote, you know, David Wayne's whole accent and shtick of this movie would seem less weird if if you replaced uh, Michael Rappaport with Jim Carrey. Then it would just seem less weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't really bad. It just didn't match the tone of everyone else. And I felt like he yeah, needed some like other... Jim Carrey should be right there, not Michael Rappaport. This is a exactly. different color going on here. Exactly. Like, if he had, like, some other people playing at that same level, I think it would have been uh, less jarring, but I still like the movie a lot. I um also 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 one mm-hmm. thing I want unless you guys should really talk about in terms of that movie. I want to hear you guys two parts of what you guys talk about in depth. Number one is how they show um um Mantan's character die, which is a pretty visceral and you've seen the movie, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen the movie. I mean, I forgot parts. You know, of it, you've but... seen the scene where you've seen the. You remember the scene how he dies, right? Yeah, if I remember, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Was it a chokehold? No, or no, some... no, no. He pretty much. No, no. Uh, oh no, 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 no. I, I, I think I'll do the right thing. I, I'm blending Spike Lee movies. Uh, no, no, do the right thing. The guy the chokehold. 
No, Mantan pretty much died the same way um, they portrayed Malcolm X getting assassinated. It's pretty fucking rough. Um, mm. And the other thing I want to hear you guys cover is when they're doing the, like, the whole talent show thing. And there's one guy there. I shit you not. You have to look at something on YouTube. But it's a great clip of the guy like going like, ah, I'll be smacking my hose. I can't do the whole thing. But you have to see it. It's just like, it's, it's like. You, you see it, it's like, this is R&B now. Holy fuck. Mm. And, and, and this is a scene in the movie, right? Yeah, Yeah, during the audition scene. But I want to leave off with this last thing so we can get back to talk about the show in general. Um, another movie I want to hear you guys talk about is Jungle Fever because... Um, and, and I always go to that movie because it is one of my favorites. It came out the year I was born. Should, so that should make a lot of people feel old in the audience. But... I want to hear you talk about the part where after you've seen the movie, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. Okay, I, I, I thought, I, I thought every like, here. yeah, I thought every Spectre movie up until um, she hate me, and then I took a break after that. That was too much. Oh, no, I saw she, oh, I saw she hate me, and I'm just like, why, why? Yeah, the floating sperm, the, the floating sper- the sperm in Anthony Mackie's face, and all that weird stuff going on. It was a, it was a bit weird. Yeah, but I want to say this, we'll leave off with this about Jungle Fever. I want to hear, and especially Vita's on this episode, I want to hear you guys' input on, like, the scene when, after Flipper's been thrown out and, like, Drew and all of her friends are talking in the um, living room about, you know, you know, interracial dating, all that whatnot. I want to hear you guys' respect on because there's one line in there for particular that Drew says that is, it basically sums up the whole line exchange explains the whole problem with the divesters. That's all I'm going to say. But Yeah, I totally forgot it, so I got to see it again. I mean, the one... No, oh, no, 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 go you, look you, it up. Go look it up. You know my also, main takeaway from that movie is uh, Harry Berry played a surprisingly good crackhead. Like, I'm not a big fan of her acting in general. I don't, like, dislike it, but her acting never, like, kind of wowed me either like you know the voice been kind of neutral on it but she played a really good like a surprisingly good crackhead i i would not have expected that from her but she plays a really good crackhead hey, 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 hey. I, the fact that the fact that um sam jackson was a real crackhead and just got clean and played so believably also is pretty impressive but yeah having yeah. very way bigger thing it's like huh hallie how the uh, True story. Apparently, she didn't wash her ass for like two weeks before she started the show, which would make it a believable act. Yeah, I heard that, which seems like a weird piece of method acting, but I mean, it worked in the role, so but who yeah, might have questioned it? But Daniel Day Lewis does weird shit all the time. So yeah, and, just, and, yeah. And, 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 and I mean, she got she nailed the performance. Like, she didn't wash her ass for a couple of weeks, and then the uh, performance stunk, no pun intended, then I would judge it more, but clearly whatever she was doing, she was in her bag. She she awesome. really nailed, nailed the crackhead thing. I remember when I saw her, I'm like, oh, Halle Berry, she looks too pretty to pull off like being like a, a grimy crackhead. And she leaned in and she did it. I was like, wow, okay, I'm I'm buying her as as this crackhead right now. Yeah, last two points. Uh, Ruby D. Ozzy Davis, wow, chef's kiss for the performance in that movie, especially yeah, they were great. monologues. Last point. Um, agree or disagree? The soundtrack to that movie. What do you think? Because I think it's probably uh, Stevie Wonder's best late era work. Also, the fact that he was uh, driven for the city in that one part, and the fact that Charlie 
Murphy just randomly showed up. It's hilarious. I mean, seeing late era Steve, uh, Stevie Wonder is kind of like a low bar because as great as his um, up to the early 80s stuff was, his late 80s onward was pretty bad. So it's like, I agree it was the best of his late era stuff, but I feel like it's damning with fake praise because, um, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't want to say after the car accident, all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 because because uh, I mean, I mean, some of the lyrics of Jungle Fever is like, oh, Stevie, are you are you serious? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Stevie, yeah, but Stevie, yeah, like grab you. Like, hold, hold, hold on, on. it was the last listenable Stevie Wonder album, I I think. So yeah, well, I, I'll agree. I'll agree. Yeah, my grandma. I'll leave off with my grandma said, and I quote: "She looked at some of these lyrics and she said, these lyrics are so bad." Ray Charles will tell you to rewrite them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, hey, what do you say? She, 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 she's gone black boy crazy. He's gone white girl hazy. I was like, oh, yeah, come on. You, you have to go back to the drawing board. Those are lines so, <laughs> so bad that if you tried to record them, Quincy Jones, he would stop the tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I mean, if it, if anybody's earned the right to phone in some, some clunkers sometimes, just Stevie Wonder. I mean, that guy was doing... Uh, Classic album hey, year. Queen of the Black still slaps. Queen of, Queen of the Black still slaps. That, yeah. You remember which song that is? You remember that one, right? Uh, Queen of the Blacks? Queen of Queen of Queen in the Black. That's the song that plays in the movie when uh, John Turturro asks out that black woman that is a regular at his store. That's the song you hear playing in the background. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I remember. I remember now. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, the weird. Th- yeah, the weird Teddy Riley sounded song. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that isn't a Stevie Wonder album I revisit um, a lot, but now you actually got me curious to pull it up on Spotify after we're done. Actually, actually, you know what? I think, I think next week, I think next week we might actually do a bamboozle episode. I, I think it'll be interesting. Yes! I think doing, yes! I think doing, yeah, yes! yeah. So if people want to rewatch Bamboozle and come back next week, um, also, we'll, also, we'll schedule do, it. Do fear of a black cat. Do fear of a black cat. Oh, I did not like that movie. <laughs> I have to watch it again. Maybe age, maybe age better. I I don't know that that movie. I don't know. I was not crazy about it. I might rewatch it. I, I might rewatch that. it and I see. I love it. I love it. Peace out. All right, take care, man. Uh, yeah. So it's like the um, the White Lotus. Yeah, like I said, I have no idea how much is actually watched, or if it's one of those things that's like just super discussed. But uh, yeah, if you want to catch up. Week after week, we're going to do episode by episode. But uh, I think Mike White tends to do really good stuff. So I actually have faith that he's going to do something um, pretty interesting in this. And it's going to have a lot of um, interesting commentary. But one thing I like that he always does is um, he talks about, like, how kind of messed up privileged people are, but not in a way that's self-flagellating or over the top or... um, phony you know it's like he kind of makes them believably awful but he also makes them in a certain way that they're like three-dimensional they're not just 100 percent comically bad you know like um sometimes they will even be the ones who have a good point where the lower class person um doesn't but he can make them write about something or have a good point on something but still make them ultimately overall like obnoxious. So um, in the last season, there was this white family that brought the white daughter's black friend along with them. 
And they were doing all these kind of unintentional microaggressions against the daughter's like black friend and saying a lot of clueless things with regard to class and privilege and all this stuff. And the black girl had like a kind of secret resentment against them and against the white girlfriend for like how they kind of made her feel like a pet or a mascot. And she engineers like this um, theft of, you know, their hotel room. She, she gets this guy that she meets on vacation to rob the white family's um, hotel room, but they don't present it as in, Oh, you know, this white family is bad. And so they deserve to get their stuff um, robbed or whatever. They do it in a way that they kind of make it clear that what the black girl did is still, you know, kind of wrong. And she kind of contributed to her own bad treatment, but how she handled um, her relationship to the white family, how she liked getting, uh, I think free things and perks and getting to be taken on vacation by them places and stuff. And she was not a hundred percent, um, innocent in, in how she, um, interacted with them. Like she kind of did a trade off where she would hang around with and be around a lot of their obnoxious privilege and whatever, because she liked what she got from it, but didn't present it in a way that invalidated her gripe against them either, you know? Um, and like they showed her hypocrisy and they showed like that the white family didn't quite deserve what she was trying to inflict on them, but they did deserve um, her dislike of them. It, it, it's, it's full of a lot of little kind of nuanced things where people can watch it and agree in different directions, you know, like as opposed to things where a lot of times, especially when, when race and class are involved, you watch it and it's clear who you're supposed to like and not like who's the bad guy. Who's the good guy. Who's the, um, person that the person writing the story identifies with, like, like who's their self insert and how are you supposed to feel when you see certain things happen and, you know, who's justified, who's not, who's being affirmed, who's being, uh, taken down a peg. And I like that he doesn't, you know, really take an easy path like that. So, um, anyway, this is the first installment. I get the sense a lot of people have not watched it. So I'm not just going to stretch it out to stretch it out just because this is just a setup episode anyway. So I'm just going to invite people to every Sunday night at nine o'clock is going to be a different episode of this show. So if y'all want to come back next week and we will pick up an episode two, because not much happened in this one, regardless, this one's this episode's and not episode of white Lotus, but this episode of the media massacres was more just kind of, um, introduce the people to the concept of what we're going to do going forward. Um, basically we're doing more episodes per week of media masochists in addition to the Sunday one that we normally do. And we're going to be talking about things like in series. So based on what, uh, Colonel Kodapi just said, I'm thinking about a peak spike Lee series as well. Like we do, um, jungle fever, do the right thing. She's got to have it and some other stuff as a series as well. But we're going to try to announce it 
beforehand so people get a chance to to watch the stuff and yeah that's basically it so thanks for joining us um come back next week watch the first two episodes and um we'll pick up from there